0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in this series that we've entitled, Righteous Character. It's taken from Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, where it says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Righteous character produces fruit. So you and I are to be that type of Christian and that type of person. Now, we define character, it's there in your notes. It's the combination of attributes that determine your moral and ethical actions and reactions. It's who you are. That's the bottom line. Character is who you are. And we have looked at what kind of fruit should come out of that character over the past few weeks. We've talked about having the unwavering courage, the understanding that no matter what life brings my way, my faith, my hope, my love will endure through the very end. We talked about unfaltering conviction that in spite of the doubts and things that go on through our mind, we're still convinced that God's way is the way and God is right. And then we talked about untiring connection. One of the ways that we come about as Christians is we stay connected to God and to people. And that becomes a priority in our life. This morning, we're going to look at unflinching consecration. Unflinching consecration. Now, I've defined consecration for you. It's there in your notes dedicated, set apart for a high purpose, the service of God, holy. It's what the Bible talks about whenever you read it, and you read it in several places where it says He wants you to serve God with a whole heart, with all your heart. In other words, He wants you totally committed to Him. He wants all of you, not a part of you, not a little bit of you, not most of you. He wants all of you. So we're going to look at that this morning because how do we do that, and what does that look like? I believe Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 are some of the great verses of the Bible, and they give us a clue to how you and I can have this type of consecration. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So this is what Jesus desires for all of us a heart change, a life change, a mind change. He wants to move us from where we are and where we are at this moment to a greater intimacy with Him. To move you from being converted to being consecrated. Okay? I am a Christian. Now, I got to work at giving it all to God. That He is my life, my all, everything that I want. And so, here's where we begin. He begins with consecrated to sacrificial worship. Now, here's what sacrificial means. It will cost you something. You will have to lay down your life. We die to ourselves so that we can live for God. Your greatest barrier to giving you all to God is you, is me. It's, it's me. I'm my biggest barrier from giving everything to God. So what do I have to do? I have to be willing to sacrifice it all to Him. Notice what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 said. He says, you give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. You give them willingly. God will never beat you into submission. He will invite you into his presence. He will invite you into a greater relationship. There's an invitation that everyone has received. I have to willingly give myself to him. My choice, my call. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live, do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves, willingly, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We willingly give ourselves sacrificially to God. God, I'll lay my all on the altar, I'll lay my give me you my life, I'll die to myself, I willingly give myself to you. He doesn't force you, it is freely given. And notice what it says: when you realize all he's done for you, is it too much to ask? The hymn writer put it this way there's a little section in one of the songs. It says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Look at what he's done for me. First Corinthians six nineteen. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you at a high price, so you must honor God with your body. God, I give you everything. I willingly give give to you what you desire of me because what God wants from me me, most of all he just wants me and so if I'm going to be that person I will be consecrated to sacrificial worship and that begins with me being a willing sacrifice willingly God I give you me I give you me and you and I have to keep giving don't we because we want to take me back sometimes, right? And there's that consistency of giving God what He wants. And then it has to be a working sacrifice. A working sacrifice. In other words, God, I willingly give you my life, and now I will work at being the person you want me to be. Well, hold it, Pastor. I thought if you were a Christian, you didn't have to work. God would just help you do it. He will. But you and I have to put effort into it, don't we? And by and large most of us are lazy. We don't want to have to work at it. We want the easy way out. And so, here, back to Romans 12, what does it say? Let them be a living, holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Now, this word worship, I think, sometimes gets confused in us, because we think of worship as just, let's call it adoration. As we come Sunday morning, we sing a song, we worship God. And it is. It is that. But it's more than that. Worship is also not only adoration, it is also devotion. It is me devoting my life throughout the rest of the week to serving God. So I worship God by giving Him praise, glory, honor, by giving Him the adoration that He deserves, and I worship God by walking out the door after a Sunday morning service and going into life and devoting my life to Him, completely holy, doing everything that He wants me to do to honor Him. That's a willing sacrifice. That's the way we worship God. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, he says, you're free from your slavery to sin. You have become slaves to righteous living. So either way, I'm going to serve somebody, as Bob Dylan said. I'm going to serve either sin, or I'm going to serve righteous living but I want righteous character, so it's righteous living, right? Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity, lawlessness, which led to even deeper into sin. You did whatever you wanted to do. You acted however you wanted to act. But now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness and to righteous living so that you will become holy, so that you will become consecrated. So you gave yourself to doing whatever you wanted to do. It was the easy way, it's the easy road. You don't have to do anything to live a life of sin. You just do what you want. And thus, a lot of people do it. But if you're gonna serve God, there's some work to be done. You have to sacrifice, don't you? You have to be willing to say, God, I want this, I desire this, and I know if I want this, I'm going to have to fight for it. I'm going to have to work for it. But it's what I want more than anything else. It's why you and I have problems with relationships. We want to stop working at them. I just want it to happen. You know, it's like the fairy tales all say. I just want to get married, and then we live happily ever after. It just happens. Well, you know what? Reality is, no, it doesn't. You have to work at it, don't you? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important, notice what he says, work Hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, work at living at peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so, it begins with this understanding that I want to have this consecrated life that I give wholly, completely to God, and it begins with me coming to a place where I understand that I have to give a sacrificial life and a sacrificial worship. And then… I'm consecrated by separation from the world. So, God, I'm going to give all of myself to you. That's what I want to do. That's what I want more than anything else. That's that process. That's what he's saying. And now the writer in Romans says, okay, now I want you to separate yourself from the world. Notice what he says, back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Remember I said you and I are our greatest barriers to being wholly consecrated to God? A close second is the influence of the world that we live in, the culture that you and I are immersed in. You cannot escape it. You cannot get away from it. You have to separate yourself from it. It will always be there. You can't make it go away. You can't legislate it out. It is there. Why? The world's way is evil, and Satan is in charge. And he's in a conflict to do everything he can to separate people from God because he knows that God loves us and he hates God. So, therefore, he comes after us. The world's way is hostile to you and me, to the way that we want to live. If you want to live a consecrated life, hear me, the world will not help you, it will not offer you any benefits. The pleasures of the world never last. It's built on human wisdom and human values. It is not based on godly wisdom and godly values. So I want to, God, I want to consecrate my life to you. I want to give to you all of me. I'm willing to lay it all down. I want you more than anything else. And God, if I'm going to do that, I know what I have to do. I have to work at not allowing the world to influence me. Because it will never influence me for good. 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul writes these words. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union can there be between God's temple and idol's? For we are the temple of the living God, and as God said, I will live in them, walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. I will welcome you, and I will be your father. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, a few verses away. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit, and let us work towards complete holiness, consecration, because we fear God. So I have to fight me by desires of just wanting to do what's easy and what I feel like doing at the moment, And if someone makes me mad, I want to get angry, I want to retaliate, I have to stop myself, I have to say, no, that's not the way a righteous person would act. I don't act that way because I want to please God, and I want to give to God all my life. And then I have to understand that I am constantly being influenced, constantly being bombarded with images, with ways of thinking that are contrary to God's Word and to what God says is right. And I have to reject that and say, no, I am not going to be a part of that. I am not going to let that influence my thinking. I am going to think according to God's way. I'm not going to let it influence the way I act. I'm going to act the way God wants me to act. And so there's this constant battle. And again, we by nature are pacifist. I just want to have life easy. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to do things that are hard. I really like this, and I don't want to give this up. I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. Maybe in and of itself it's not, except for one thing. It's hindering you from being the person that is wholly consecrated to God. And which do you want? Right? It's our goal. God says, I want you to be willing. It's a willing sacrifice. I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. I'm just calling you to me. I love you. I care for you. I want what's best for you. And my ways are right ways. The world's way will always end up costing you more than you ever thought it would cost you. If you'll follow me, it'll be hard, but you'll have the blessings of it in the long run. And, but we, the world wants immediate pleasure, doesn't it? That's why I promise it. Do this, you'll get this. Man, life will be good. But those pleasures never last. And so, you and I are in this constant struggle Sacrificial living. God, I'll sacrifice myself to you. And I'll, God, I know what that means. I can't have both the world and you. And here's how the Bible puts it you can't serve two masters, can you? And you can't have it both ways. God says, uh, uh, here's our term God, I'm all in, I'm all yours and I'm away from that. So there's this sacrificial living, there's separation from the world, and then, now this really gets tough, I have to be consecrated by spiritual thinking. Imagine that. I have to change how I think about things. Now, let's just be honest. Every person in the room has some things that you are thinking about, and they're wrong. You have some ways of thinking, they're wrong. But rather than change them, we justify them. Well, I'm not as bad as. Well, it's really not that bad. Well, I've been this way my whole life. And yet, what what does he say in Romans chapter 12? Let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll say it many times. You will not change anything in your life until you change how you think about it. Well, I really want to do this, okay? You've got some ways of thinking that are hindering you from doing that. Well, if I could just be better, if I just was better. No, no, no. It's your thoughts. It's the way you think about it. You have to let that go. And see, I think the greatest problem that new Christians have is to change how they think about life from that point on. And that's what he says. Let God transform you. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Who's going to control how you think? Ephesians 4.17, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they're hopelessly confused. And Gentiles, by the way, in this context, is the ungodly. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds. And as a result of a closed mind, they have a hard heart against God. They have no sense of shame they live for lustful pleasure, and they eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That isn't what you learned about Christ. And since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts. And then he tacks on this little thing, your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, consecrated. So that you and I come to the place where we recognize God I've been thinking about some things wrong. Or let me just turn in there. God, I've been thinking about people the wrong way. And I need to think about them the way you think about them. And God loves them. God, I've been thinking about this and what I've been doing. And I've been thinking I'm justified in feeling this way and having this attitude about this because that's what's happened to me and that's what I've gone on. And yet, God, I see where it's hindering me. Thus, the Bible tells us that when you become a Christian, the old life's gone away. Everything becomes new, doesn't it? But do you understand if you keep thinking the way you've always thought, it doesn't become new. It's just you trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. And you have to come to that place where you're saying, God, I will consecrate my mind to you and I will start thinking spiritually rather than carnally. I will start thinking according to what your word says rather than what I feel. I will start thinking about scriptural principles, spiritual principles, the Holy Spirit being in control of me than I will what other people say who are ungodly. I will give to you my thoughts If you change your mind about how you think, you really don't have to work too hard about changing your habits. See, we work at changing our habits without changing how we think. It never works well. You have to, first of all, change how you think about it. And then it's easier to change the habits that you got to get rid of. And so the writer says, look, let God transform you into a new person. Notice, let him be willing. Let him do it. Changing the way you think. Sacrificial living, giving a sacrifice, giving him everything that I have, consecrated from the world, set it apart, knowing I'm not a part of that, and then changing my life by changing how I think about life according to what Scripture teaches me, and then I get to be consecrated with a satisfaction in God's will. Now notice what he says. He says, if you'll do that, if you'll allow God to help you in that, here's here's what'll happen. Notice how he ends verse 2. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, perfect. Perfect. See, when you change your mind about how you think about things, it's easier for you to discern the will of God. But if you're still thinking according to your old habits and your old ways, the way you've always thought, it's hard to know the will of God because your mind gets in the way. And so he says, if you'll do that, then it'll be easier to know what God wants you to do. And if you do what God wants you to do, he says, here's what I know. God's will is good, it's useful, it's beneficial, it's joyful, it's pleasing, it's good, it's welcomed, and it's perfect. There aren't many things in life that are perfect, but God's will is perfect without error. It brings to you everything that you've ever hoped of and ever dreamed for. It has the result of bringing it into your life the joy, the peace that you long for and want more than anything else. And so Paul writes, look, if you'll sacrifice your life, if you'll separate from the world, if you'll change how you think, you will know what God wants you to do, and you will be fully satisfied. Or simply, if you'll consecrate your life to God, you will be the beneficiary of a life that is well-lived and enjoyable above all others. Now you see, we think if I give it all to God, I'm going to get ripped off. That's what the world tries to make you think. That's what your mind tries to say. If you give it all to God, you'll become this weird person, this fanatic, and and you won't have any fun in life. You won't be able to enjoy anything. And yet I believe a Christian should be the happiest person on the world, the most joyful person around. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. Here's how the psalmist saw this. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They're sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They're a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. Boy, that's a great way of thinking, isn't it? That's a great perspective of life. God, what's your… commands aren't burdensome. They're a joy. God, your way isn't to weigh me down and make life difficult. It's a pleasure. Psalm 8411, for the Lord your God is our sun and our shield. Notice, He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Oh, Lord of heaven's army, what joy for those who trust in you. So it starts off with, <laughs> Pastor, you want me to sacrifice my life? You just willingly want me to lay it down? Yeah. I want you to do that and give it all to God. And then in doing that, what you're going to have to do, if you want God, you don't get the world. And you've got to move away from it. And you've got to give it all to God. You're not going to be a hermit. You'll still have lots of people to love and enjoy and have friends. But you move to God. And then you change how you think about life and about the things in your life. And you change your attitudes and your hearts. And if you do that, God will give you everything that you desire. I like the way the Message Bible writes Romans chapter 1 and 2. It's there in your notes. Here's what it says. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well formed maturity in you. Righteous character. The fruit of your salvation, which is demonstrated by an unflinching consecration. God, I give you everything. My life, my all, everything. So what areas in your life do you need to work at giving to God? Maybe it's in your attitude Maybe you've got resentment or grudges or you're hanging on to some garbage and you've got this attitude that is thinking wrong and it's just stinking up your life. Or, or maybe it's your abilities and you just don't think you have anything to offer to God. And God says, look, I've got so much for you and you've got so much to give to me. Don't be selfish. Be satisfied with where you are. Let me help you. Or, or maybe it's your actions. And you've got some ways of behaving that you know aren't pleasing to God because the world has a higher grip on you than what you care to admit. And you need to make a shift. So could you take a moment just right now before I close in a prayer, say, God, here I am. For someone listening today, maybe what you need to do is just give your life to God and start. And say, God, I've taken my life and I've ruined it and I've made a mess out of it. And God, here I am, and I'm going to give it to you. I want to consecrate it to you today. I want to live for you and not for me. Here I am. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the life you offer to me. I'm going to move all in. If that's what you need to do, then if you'll pray a prayer, very simple, just, God, forgive me. I want you. I want to be be yours God will begin a great journey with you. For you, you've done that, but you're saying, you know what? I haven't given it all. I need to do that. Could you take a moment just where you are? Say, God, here I am. Help me. Between you and God, whatever the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about this morning. God, you've done everything for us. Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. He sacrificed his life for us so that we could have life. And you invite us into a relationship with you. And you say to us, I don't want part of you. I don't want most of you. I want all of you. It's the only way that you can work in us is if we give you our all and bring about the life that you have for us. And so, Lord, would you help us to willingly come to a place where we say, Lord, I'm yours. I lay it all down. I worship you with my life. I give it to you. And Lord, I know there's some things in my life that I've got to deal with and I need to pull away from this world that's influencing me. And I've got to negate its influence. And I want you to influence my life and nothing else. Lord, would you help me to change how I'm thinking about some things? I know those thoughts aren't helping me. They're hurting me. Lord, would you help me to bring them under your control and allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life to help me change and start thinking along a biblical pattern. Lord, I know that if I'll do this, the life I will have will be full of great joy, great peace, great hope. So God, here I am. I give you all of me. Consecrate all of my life to you. All in. Take it. Use it. And thank you for what you will do in the life I get to have through Jesus Christ. May my life be lived to honor you, I pray in thy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag. Or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8 15 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.